Preeta Muniswar, a veteran stylist and makeup artist with over 22 years experience and new salon owner as of 2019, also does tons of runway style and travels around the world doing fashion shows. Today, we're going to learn about how did she open her salon and get into that. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes, and I am your host. Today, I'm with Prita. What's up, Prita? How are you? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. Nice to see you. You know, I used to live down in uh, Miami Beach area. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I've been here 20 years already. Nice. I've, and so are you, uh, you, you weren't born and raised in, in Miami? I was not. Miami? I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Okay. I actually started doing hair there in Toronto. Okay. Um, yeah, the first time I actually started doing anything to do with hair was in high school. We had a school fashion show and me and a friend of mine decided that we would volunteer to do the hair. And uh, both of us actually own our own salons today. She, oh, wow. Look at that. And I have one here in Miami. So yeah, okay, cool. we kind of knew from a long time ago what we liked. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So uh, let's kind of go back then. In high school, were you in a cosmetology program in high school or... No, no, no. They, so the type of programs they have here in America, they don't have that in Canada or in Toronto, at least. So it was just like, you know, all the girls were rounding up to be the models in the show. And I was like, well, you know, that's fun. But what about the hair? I mean, I was like doing my own hair for school and stuff like that. And yeah, it just, we decided to do the hair and we volunteered to do it and it turned out great. And we had a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so what happened, uh, like, how, how did you get into doing hair? Did you, um, aren't alert, or sorry, how did you get your, did you have to get a license? Did you go to school? I did, did you do an apprenticeship program? So in, when I finished high school, I actually went to college for computer programming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And after like, and I used to work at the bank. After like the first year, I just basically went to school and I went to work and I quit both. And then I went home and told my parents, like, I quit everything that I was doing. And then like a, a few weeks later, my dad was like, you know, did you ever think about doing hairdressing? And I was like, mm, I thought about it, but I didn't think you thought of that. I <laughs> so yeah, here we are now. I, I signed up for hair school there, Cosmo School in Toronto. I went to Marvell uh, Beauty Academy or hair school, or I don't know, I forgot what it's called. And um in Canada, at the time that I did go to school, you had to do a three to five year apprenticeship as well as go to school. Wow. So yeah, I got my license there in Canada first, and then I uh, applied for reciprocity once I got here to Miami. Okay. But it's like a really, a pretty intense training that you do there. And uh, yeah, I think it's really good because you learn a lot on the job. So the apprenticeship part, I think is really important. So uh so, oh wait, so you went to school and yes, how long was school? 1500, I think it was 1500 hours, so 1500 like little... hours. And depend, you got a booklet like about this thick of all these things that you have to fill out, like that you have to complete. Yeah. Once your employer feels that you've completed it, they submit it to the board and then you're able to go write your license. And yeah, it's like a two-part license. It's you go right the first part. Once you pass that, you're apprentice, and then you go back and write your full license. And so, did you do the apprenticeship there too? I did. I did. I had to in order to get my Canadian license. Now, 
an option that you don't have to. Oh. But I, yeah, that was like 20 something years ago. So I had to do it. Gotcha. So I finished faster than five years. I got it done in three years instead of five. But a lot of that is accredited to like actually starting apprenticing or assisting while I was in school. Mm. So you're kind of killing two birds at the set, you know, with one stone at the same time. Yeah. I taught, I, when I go visit the school students uh, at schools, I, I try to express the importance of going to getting a job while you're in school, not only to learn, but also like get your foot in the door. And uh, so many of them just want to like stay late and go in on their days off and like make a, get the, get the license quicker. What do you think about that? Um, you can get the license quicker if you want to, but it doesn't take away from the experience that you need in salon. It's two totally different worlds. Um, I got the experience here to work with a beauty school and um, they were salon owners as well. So we really saw the difficulty that students had to transition for new graduates, even though you were licensed and to actually becoming a hairstylist, making, earning a good, you know, decent salary. So there's yeah. a lot of steps in between that beauty school doesn't provide you. And a lot of the time your employer doesn't provide you either. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, all you rising stylists listening or watching, uh, hope you heard that. I'm not the only one saying it. Uh, so anyway, moving on. Um, so you, so you do your, your school, you do your apprenticeship program, and then did you work behind the chair or did you come straight to the US? I did, I worked for like two years um, with, uh, it was actually a schoolmate of mine in hairdressing school, but he was older and he had bought three salons already. So I assisted in one of his salons until I got my license. And then I worked for about a year in Toronto first. And then I moved to Miami. And, okay. and then I started working here. It was a longer process. I had to really fight to get my license here. They didn't want to offer reciprocity. I basically called the state board for like maybe two months every day. So I got to somebody who actually read all the whole statute. I'm like, look, I need someone who actually read the statute because in your statute, it says that I'm allowed to go just write the exam and get reciprocity, which eventually that's what happened and I did, but Again, like nothing comes easy. Just keep going and keep like keep pursuing whatever it is. I even considered going back to hairdressing school because I figured I moved to another country. I don't know anybody here. Maybe it's a good opportunity to meet people and clients and different things. But then when they told me the price, I was like, oh hell no, I already paid once. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not yeah. cheap. Yeah, no, it's not at all. No. So uh all right, so let's say you're working behind the chair. How many salons did you work at before you decided that you were ready to open your own salon? Um, I guess technically four, but okay. um, the first one was pretty much like while I was getting my license for here, I worked there for maybe six months to kind of get an idea of Miami a little. And then the second salon I worked in, a friend of mine that I met while living here, she's like, hey, let's go apply at this salon in the mall. And I'm like, okay, so her and I go and we apply and they hired both of us on the spot. They hired me as a manager for one store and they hired her as a manager for the other store, two okay. in the mall. And I was like, wow, this is pretty crazy. I, I didn't think I was going to get hired for, for like on the spot kind of thing. And I was like 22. I had no idea what I was doing, but I said yes anyways. 
I was like, I'll just learn along the way. I know how to do hair for the most part, or I thought I did. And, you know, um, I guess I was just fearless. Both of us said, yes, we both took the jobs. And I worked at that company for like 10 years, actually. And then the second salon I worked at was the one I was talking about earlier, the beauty school. I had opened two salons, a nail salon and a hair salon in the mall I worked at. And I started working there as a hairstylist. Eventually became the manager of that salon and the manager of the nail salon. So I was operating those two stores. And for a short time, there was a third store in another location. So I was doing a few locations at the same time and behind the chair. And then that owner had a business consultant. So the business consultant ended up taking over the salon. So that's why I say technically for, she was always there. It was always the same team. I didn't have to change much, just the ownership changed. And from there is when I decided like, okay, I had enough, I'm going to try it for myself. Wow. So, so it sounds like you got a little bit of an apprenticeship in management as well. I mean, you got, yeah, I did. I did to learn well, right on the shop. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to, um, sometimes it's hard to see what we can actually learn while we're in the situations or like going through the motions. But I'm a big believer in like reflecting and going back and like saying, okay, what worked, what didn't. And like, we can always learn something. So always trying to see what can I gain from this experience? Yeah, wow. My, my old boss, she had a multiple stores all over the country. And, you know, I just learned as much as I could from her, really. Yeah. Learn everything I could. Well, uh, so you got you 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 go to school, you get your apprenticeship program, you start working behind the chair, you move. What made you want to move to Miami? How'd that happen? I was in my early 20s and my parents, my whole family moved here. And at first I wasn't gonna move and I was gonna stay living in Toronto and do whatever. And then my dad kind of says, you know, you can do whatever you want, but um I don't want you to say I didn't give you an opportunity that I gave to your sisters. So I would like you to come and at least try it out for a little bit. So at least you can say, okay, I tried it and I don't like it. And I, at the time too, I was, had a boyfriend I was dating and I was like, oh, I'm not moving and that kind of stuff. But again, then my dad's words of wisdom were like, well, if you're so in love, like you say, love conquers all and you'll be fine. And I was like, okay, well, maybe you're right. And yeah, I'm married to that same husband right now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. So he was right. So your dad was living here in the States? Yeah, my both of my parents, my sisters, we all moved here together. In okay. One. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, that's a cool story. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So I think I got an understanding. You, uh, you did a lot of, you did a lot of like groundwork and uh, learning uh, through experience. And yes, uh, sounds like you probably didn't have a, much of a life there for a little bit. I mean, how do you work behind the chair running multiple salons? You know what? The one is you have to have a really good team, invest in your team, spend time with your team. Um, that is one of the only reasons I could do what I do because I also have three kids. Wow. So I, yeah, I do a lot of things, but you have to really be able to delegate and choose the right team. You yeah. own. And I guess I always say shoot for the stars and land in the clouds. And yeah, like I want a lot of things, so I got to figure it out. Yeah. Nice. I love I that. To figure it out. Okay. So that kind of segues us into 
talking about um, how did you know that you were ready to open a salon? I guess you said that you were working on. By the time I was starting to thinking about opening my own salon, I had already been 20 years doing hair, like 18 years. Something like between hair and managing and all that. So I had like a good, I'll say at least 15 years of between the two different stores managing. So like in that sense, I kind of knew what it was. And for a long time, I didn't want to open my own store because how I always thought about it was like, if I cannot open a store as good or better than where I'm working, I might as well just stay here. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I don't want to leave if, cause like, it's a lot of work to go open your own store and do all that and build a team and that kind of stuff. So I was like, well, if it's good here, why would I go backward? I, I felt like it would have been going backwards. So it was, uh, it was actually my birthday and my parents came over for dinner and after dinner, we had a toast and I was like, you know what, next year when it's my birthday, we're going to be toasting in my own salon. We're not doing, I'm not doing this anymore. And everything kind of just started snowballing. Like by the January, my birthday's in November. By January, I already started seeing different locations and getting my heart broken and turned down and different stuff. And then I eventually came across uh one of the salons I went to see, the realtor of that salon was like, Frida, you know, I, I've heard of you and I know you and I want to show you somewhere else. And I was like, okay. So I went with her to this place, which is now the salon I own now. And I was like, actually, this place seems pretty perfect. You know, it didn't need too much um, reconstruction and all that stuff. And so the, the realtor, she was actually a very wise woman. She's actually been in Miami for like 20 years, buying and selling salons and that's all she does. She doesn't do other real estate. So she's kind of in her own little niche expert mm. and really gave me good advice. And I guess the key with it is that I listened to her because then the pandemic happened. <laughs> Interesting. I want to go back to something. You said that you were having your heart broken, being turned down. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Like during the process, like if anybody's out there thinking about going to open a salon, they probably want to want to know like what type of letdowns are, are to expect. Sure. Okay. Like buying a salon is not like going to Macy's and picking out your favorite blouse and walking home with it. Right. You, I, I saw several spaces that like, I was like, Oh no, this is the perfect one. I at first originally thought I wanted to do a whole build out. I didn't end up doing that. I, I was like, Oh, picking floors and picking all kinds of stuff that I never even ended up doing. Then another look, location I saw they were like oh I'm sorry we want a big name we don't want a little small business owner so you know, it's like different things like that another place I saw it was like a good location it was it the salon needed to be gutted and then the landlord was like a jerk and I was like oh, I don't really want to sign up for five years with a jerk so right. I like there's just all different hiccups along the way you just can't let them deter you you know gotcha yeah, and cool. you keep you keep going looking for whatever you think you want and, and actually what I thought I wanted versus what I ended up doing was two totally different things. Like I said, I thought I was just going to start from scratch and build out this whole amazing designed architected salon kind of thing. And I didn't do that. I took a, I bought an existing salon, revamped it and, um, and yeah, I brought my team over and here we are. Did, um, did you, were there already stylists at the salon when you bought it? Yeah, there were like five I think or three or four. did you keep any of them I everybody was welcome to stay and actually two of them 
One had left right before I got here because they heard got wind that, you know, the salon was being sold. So they left. And then the second one, she left like within the first two weeks, but the other staff, including the old owner still works here. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Okay. And, and then, um, and then, so you're, you, what about the rest of your team? You said you had some other team members. So I think in the beginning, like about six or seven of us, maybe even eight, eight of us came from the salon I was managing previously when they knew I was leaving, they wanted to come. So I brought, they came over with me. About eight of us came over. What was that like? How That sounds like a <laughs> drama story right there. You know, um, everything is however you make it and how you approach things. I want to say that. So what, I mean, I was honest with my, my old boss. Like I had a very good relationship with her. So I just told her, you know, um, I'm going to be quitting. I kind of, I, I didn't give a bunch of notice. I gave a few days notice just because of the, just the way our industry is. And I didn't want to put her in a position to say, oh, well, I need you to leave or whatever. I go, look, tomorrow's going to be my last day. Well, I told her in like the beginning of the week that Saturday would be my last day. I'm just going to, you know, spend the rest of the week here. If you would need me to leave before, that's fine. But like I said, we had a good relationship and my clients are going to either come with me or stay in the salon. If they're my client, they will come. And if not, they will stay. And the same thing with the salon. I kind of worked in a lot of other salons that you, owners make a lot of promises to get hairstylists to come work for them. And then at some point in time, it's very hard to keep delivering on their promise. And I didn't want to do that. That was one of the mistakes that I think is really hard and it ties your hands. You're always trying to please someone or another and not really pleasing the business, not doing what the business needs. So I didn't want to do that. Kind of what I did was like, I'm leaving guys. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. I would love for you all to join me or whoever wants to join me is more than welcome to come. And I kind of left it like that. You know, whoever wanted to come, they reached out and we figured it out. And whoever didn't stayed where they were and did whatever they had to do. Nice. You know? And I ended up seeing my, like Miami is big and small at the same time. We go to events that I have to see uh, my old boss there anyway. So uh, that was in June in the November we went to an event and she was there so you know we we had a hello talking she was like you know I miss you I used to talk to you every single day and now I don't talk to you and I was like I don't know you can call me up whenever you want <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice I love this this is so yeah. good I feel like this is so good for anybody that's uh in a I feel like so many stylists I feel like so many salon owners were probably in a similar and a somewhat similar situation where they were working somewhere, they were opening up a new spot, they were thinking about who's going to come with them, how they're going to tell their boss, and uh, all that stuff. So this is so good. Honestly, I'm. I think that you get what you give, and if you're not doing anything, like there's no. If you have a boss or an owner or whoever that doesn't want to see you grow and succeed, then you'll not grow and succeed in their four walls either. You know. Um, at the end of the day, my old boss, she told me, she goes, I've only known one other person like you. And I'm like, well, where is that person now? Oh, well, she owns her own stores in, in California. So that was a few years ago. And I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, well, eventually she knows that I'm probably going to look for something else or do something else or whatever it is, because she said it herself. Like people like you don't just stay stuck or stay the same. 
You're going to continue to grow and evolve. What? And then what goes around, around it, every, everybody wants to own a salon and have a staff, but then the way you leave your other staff or your other business or your other boss will determine how you shape the future of your own place. Mm, that's good. What do you think it was about you that made her say that? Like it, uh, about you. Uh, saying that you i know i think i'm a I pretty know, hard i've worker. only known another person like you uh-huh okay yeah I, I think i work pretty hard i maybe she's not sometimes could be difficult to some people to, to work with um and i just try to do my job i i my parents grew brought us up like do your best no matter what and I, that's just what i did i tried my best no matter what cool i mean everybody knows that in our business you have a lot of personalities um and I guess sometimes it's easy to get sucked one way or another into stuff, but it's really just about being like focused, clear-minded, not getting one way or another, really trying to be non-emotional when you think of things and make decisions. Nice. So, um, so I guess what is your, uh, if you had to give out one piece of advice to a rising stylist or uh, aspiring hair salon owner, what would it be? I, got, I guess I got lots of advice, but one is never stop learning Two, always be yourself, like be yourself no matter what, you know, um, I think it's, and believe in yourself as well. It sounds cheesy, but those things really, a lot of people will doubt you. A lot of people will say different things to you, but it's up to you to really show them, you know, this is what I'm made of. And sometimes you're your only cheerleader, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Good. All right. Awesome. Well, um, real quick, uh, you said at the beginning of the interview that you got into uh, hairdressing by volunteering for a fashion show. And I was checking out your website and your Insta, and I saw that y'all have done a few fashion shows. Um, yeah, uh, I would love to hear more about that. Um, but maybe maybe that's a conversation for another another day but would you real sure. quick tell us like how you got into the first uh how the first fashion show and you, as a salon owner uh that you got it up and going like got to be got to be part of it so uh at the same time that we got hooked up with this show it was like around the same time that I was transitioning to the new salon because it was this was June 2019 I was moving to the new salon and um I kept getting these emails from a company I'd never heard of. And I was like, I asked some of the other styles, have you heard of these people? They keep hitting us, up, hitting me up for a fashion show for swim week. And then when I was sure when I was leaving and coming to this salon, I just responded and I was like, Hey, I'm interested. What do you guys need? And they said they need like 10 hairstylists and 10 makeup artists. So I, you know, I told them, I go, look, I could do 10 hairstylists, but you guys figure out the makeup. I'll bring the hair team. And that's, that's where it all began with her. With, this was with Planet Fashion TV. And actually now it's almost three years later and I'm their lead hair and makeup person. So cool. Come to Monaco this year, it'll be fun. Nice, Monaco you said? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Pretty crazy trip. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, well, um, maybe next time we talk, we can hear more about that or more, or more about uh, what it, what it's like being a salon owner, uh, or some other topic, but, um, before we close out, I like to end with a laugh and ask, uh, my guests, what is one of the most embarrassing moments, uh, that they've had or us or a time <laughs> that 
something happened and you weren't, you didn't think it was funny, but you thought it was funny later uh, as it pertains to the industry. Do you have a story that pops into mind? Do you know that like, I had to ask the, my coworkers, I'm like, do you guys know anytime I was embarrassed at work? <laughs> and cause like a lot of my team, I've worked with them for like 12 years. So I'm like, Hey, do you know, do you remember any time? I mean, one time I came home, my skirt on the back was ripped all the way open. And <laughs> that. I, I mean, I think more than, I guess that was embarrassing. I have other like crazy moments. My old salon, um, you know, my, my old boss comes up to me. She's like, oh, Preet, I want you to cut my friend's son's hair. And I'm like, sure, whatever. Like, you know, a 12-year-old, 11-year-old uh, kid. Then she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's Elon Sassoon, his son. And I was like, what? Like Vidal Sassoon's grandson? And she's like, yeah, yeah, like him. And I was like, uh, what the hell? So I would go to the back room and I'm like freaked out. And I'm like, he's an 11 year old kid. Can I use the clipper? Should I not? Should I use a thinning shirt? Like, I was like freaked out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back and cut his hair. And yeah, everything turned out fine, but it was just, um, I guess it felt a little pressure, you know, uh, nice. meeting Vidal and grandson in the same day and cutting their hair. <laughs> That's a super cool story right there. Yeah. Yeah. So do, was he happy with his haircut? Did he love it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I was so impressed by him because I do a lot of like, I do kids too. So a lot of kids, they're just on their phone like this. Yeah. He, he was so engaging. He was uh, like, you know, I was really impressed by that. I like that. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I uh, definitely look forward to yeah. having you on again soon. Thank you for having me so much. Absolutely. All right. And uh, if you're listening on Spotify, please give us a rating. Five stars is preferable and follow us. If you're watching on YouTube or Instagram, please subscribe, follow, like, comment, help support the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. And thanks again for listening. And thanks again, Preeta, for coming on to the show. Thank you again for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.